Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. And welcome to the best podcast that you could possibly be listening to at this very moment. This is Jerry. This is the Board Game Snobs Podcast. With us, as always, is our host. Hey, this is Gabby. What's going on, everybody? That's a positive tone I come in with. Hey, upbeat, charming. And to uh, counter that, we have a special guest, Dan <laughs> Hughes. I'm more upbeat than Gabby. I'm more. I, I'm more upbeat than Gabby. Gabby, he, he sounded like he was just half asleep then. Okay, you 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 you're depressed and and upset about doing a podcast with me, Gabby. Being that, outshined that... by the internet titan, of course. Oh yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, it's more like we complement each other. Dan is the the yin to our yang, <laughs> the woo to our tang. Uh, can you can you say that? In these yes. Days? The Wu Tang, no. Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> Ying to the Yang. Can you say that? Can you? It's a thing. I don't know. Everything so, scares me. If not, everything scares me these days. It, <laughs> if not, Dan made me say it. <laughs> he said it in his show notes. I noticed. Uh, I was listening to Ben talk to Mike, and they constantly referred to. In the notes that you sent me, I'm like, what are these notes and what do you do with them? Ben makes you do a, um, when you go on, on Five Games of Doomsday, Ben makes you do an entire biography that you can you can cross-check. And so it's a very rigorous, intensive process. Not when he does the guild with with, with right. what we like to call the, the Z-list. The B-list, When yeah. he does, you know, the, the A-listers who've been on his main being on his main problem program, um, then yeah, you get you never made it to the biography and everything. No, you won't, and you never will, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mm. drinking? Yeah. Do you know why graham crackers were invented? Uh, for s'mores. I don't. They know. They were invented. Is it the same as cornflakes? Yeah, cornflakes was uh, to prevent masturbation. Uh, very similar. But were invented as a method to stop people experiencing uh. sexual desires. That's uh, why how does that mom work? and dad used to keep heavy stock in graham crackers. Not not for me, but uh, for them. They were they were crazy I, kids. I, had, I never did understand the cornflake thing, or nor this now. Like, how does it prevent? You glue them to your hands. You glue them to your hands, Jerry. That's that's how it stops you. <laughs> then it's just it's just too uncomfortable. It says that Reverend Graham, that's the graham crackers, a Presbyterian minister. Became obsessed with healthy living and the idea that sexual des- idea of sexual desire was sinful and could even cause physical ailments. So he created this healthy cracker because he thought like fat and all that stuff added to your lustful desires. It does for me. Uh, we don't have those crackers in the UK, by the way. So so that's my pH why fat. We are such good what? lovers. The British good lovers. <laughs> You're all a bunch of Hugh Grants over there, aren't you? Well, just you wait till I meet you, Jerry, and then I'll I'll show you a thing or two. I'll show you a thing or two. I will rock your <laughs> no, you world. better eat some graham Jerry. crackers then. <laughs> when we finally meet, Jay will come with a big suitcase of graham crackers. I'm stifling my desires. <laughs> uh, That's it. I'm over the age of 45, Joe. You don't need to worry. They got about pills me. for that now. <laughs> so I, um, so did I you know that artists from uh, oh seventeenth, eighteenth century, I guess nineteenth century even, used to use mummies? Mummies. One of the centuries. They would dip their brush in mummies for their flesh-toned browns. So, so, like the juices of mummies. That's- what are you talking about? <laughs> Says uh, they would use. They relied heavily on a popular pigment of the time, mummy brown. A concoction made from ground-up Egyptian mummies. <laughs> Often used in the flesh tone, no pun intended. That's pretty grim. That's pretty good. So, so, so Gabby, being the expert, the uh, international art expert you are, which, which, which paintings that I may have heard of? There's one called Interior of a Kitchen, where it has um, two young <laughs> women in bonnets sitting by shelves of crockery, and there's a various... Shades of brown, and apparently in those shades of brown is mummy, um, whatever. That is mummy juice. Pretty gross. Well, I've, I've just typed that in. And all, all I've got is kitchen. Show. Type uh, in mummy uh, crockery. See what you uh, get. <laughs> but okay. it wasn't just artists that used ground up mummies. Since the 12th century, Europeans—that would be you, Dan. 
had been eating Egyptian mummies as medicine. I am a European. <laughs> it's delicious. It's delicious. I sprinkle it on my graham it's crackers. On your beans and toast. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. It, it, it comes pre-packed in this bandage. You just take the bandage off. You just do it slowly. So you just... Just it keeps it fresh, so you just peel off the bit you need, and then get the grater and just grate it off onto your onto your mm. um, onto your cornflakes. Just it's just like mom used to it's make. Lovely. It came to a point. It came <laughs> to a point. It says in later centuries they didn't even bother with the mummified corpses. They went with unmummified corpses as mummy medicine. Well, they're just dead bodies. Surely, they're just, they're they're just, just dead bodies. Non on a dead body. <laughs> it's like cannibalism. I think so. It's just cannibalism. Uh, uh, apparently. As I read the article, this is also this is not this is not best life online, Jerry. This is sciencehistory.org. Oh, nice. .org gives it credence. So uh, it says it apparently is all goes back to a misunderstanding of translation and like oh Persian words and all this stuff. Like wh- apparently one of the translations of bitumen. You know, I know about that. The wife is always <laughs> crapping at me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, one of its translations was like mummia or mumia, M-U-M-I-A. And somehow, <laughs> something got lost in translation, and they went from eating uh, bitumen to actual mummies. Why would you eat bitumen in the first place? Isn't that just like tar? They said uh, in the ancient world, it has been known to carry uh, some medicinal values that are legit. I, I recommend you look up sciencehistory.org mm. on this article, Dan, and it's, uh, it's quite uh, disturbing. I, I think you're trying to tempt me into cannibalism again, Gabby. I mean, it's all the rage in the 15th century Europe. That's the thing. Me, 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 me and Mike, have, yeah, me and Mike have this discussion every time one of us has been on your show. Like, did they try and tempt you into cannibalism again, Mike? Yes, they did. They're constantly trying to get me to it's eat a trout <laughs> With some faba beans and a good Chianti. Yeah, that's it. The last one I had, the last did you know, again, dealing with your people, Dan. Europeans. Oh, okay. Oh, no, European. We better not say European because we're not in Europe anymore. We it's are all Europe. Drift. Now they're, all now Europe. they're, they're United Kingdom. We Brexited. Do you know why pubs had weird names back in the day? Um, no, I don't. That, that is it. That is, this is genuinely interesting. Unless, <laughs> unless. Oh. Well, you didn't yeah, find I'm cannibalism interested interesting? <laughs> and you and you would get back on cannibalism eventually. Uh, it says basically due to the illiteracy, so you could write a name on there, and nobody's gonna know what it says. You could put uh-huh. saloon or pub, but uh, let's draw. Uh, if you had boot and castle, a boot and yeah. a castle, they would draw a boot and a castle, and like, oh, that's the name of the pub, boot and castle. Uh, that so, makes a lot of sense. So, due to the illiterate, they just put pictures on there. So it all came down to how much this person could draw. <laughs> mm. Can you draw a thirsty traveler? No, but I can draw a boot. I can draw a castle. Why are they Australian? <laughs> <laughs> I can draw pub cricket. I can draw no, no. a box. You know, I don't think. I, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. That's why you have weird pub names over there. It's interesting. That is, that is genuinely interesting. I never thought of it that way, but that, that's probably right. Have you ever, when you come to the UK, I know G- Jerry's been to the UK. Did you play pub cricket, Jerry? When you came I to have UK? not. The answer is, ah, well, you, you should. You should. What that's is that? It. In the in, in the days before children had um, iPads in the car and could watch uh, various YouTube programs as they drove down the uh, the highways and byways of, of the UK, you whenever you pass a um, pub, um you see the name of it, and then for as many legs as the thing in the the pub name. So it was like the uh, the King Henry. That's got two legs, and the the horse and hounds. Well, then you could say there's at least one horse, and there's a horse and at least two hounds. So that's um, twelve legs. So that would be twelve points. But if you go past a pub where there's no legs, like the uh, like the hinge and bracket, um, I can draw that. Do it, baby. Um, then, then you go out. So there you go. That, that, yeah. Just, I'm just telling you some interesting in- English uh, car games. <laughs> we used, we play this game in America, and I don't know if y'all do it over there because of the cars. But we have these things called Volkswagens, which were made yeah, by Volkswagens the Volkswagens are German, you fool. Yeah, yeah. The Germans <laughs> they brought them over here, and so a lot That's of people drive them. And so anytime you, anytime you see one. It doesn't matter what the ethnicity of the driver is. It's just if there's a Volkswagen on the road, you yell slug bug, and you're allowed to physically assault a person in the car with you. 
you are allowed to strike even them. if they're driving even if they're driving yes it's very dangerous ah well but it's it's based on the volkswagen beetle which is a bug yeah. so you would say slug yeah. bug which was designed then... by hitler no comment what was that it was well it wasn't it was commissioned by hitler anyway i think i think i think um, i think hitler had something to do with the uh, the design and the commissioning of a of uh, a volkswagen beetle or that could be completely false, and you're going to get um, sued by the Volkswagen company. Either way, I'm, that's that's. Let me go to sciencehistory.org and confirm that. Yeah, confirm that. <laughs> Type in Hitler and bug and see what comes up. Hitler and bugs. I'm trying to help oh, you. Yeah. But that's Nothing's the that, no. Up. I did not play uh, pub cricket, but I will certainly do so next time. I went to the Nags Head we, when I was there. Ah, oh. that would get you four points. Ooh, <sighs> how do you draw the Nag? It wouldn't get you any points actually because it's a Nags Head. So a, a Nag is a, a horse, obviously. Um, so it would just be the horse's head. That was not obvious to me. I didn't know a nag was a horse. So are you still looking up Hitler and uh, Beatles? <laughs> uh, no, it, my phone crashed when I put in Hitler, so I'm done. <laughs> Fair enough. Hitler Fair enough. Beatles. Probably, probably a good thing. That's all I got, Jerry. I know you've got. That's all you got. That was your best. That's that all you... I got. So in five minutes, we've talked about. Uh, I've just it's t- thirteen. Thirteen I... minutes. <clears throat> well, I've taken notes for us. So so far, we've talked about graham cracker masturbation. Uh, mummy coloring and Hitler beetles. So this is this has been a good. And I'm on here to plug a kids game as well. I'd like to point out. I'm on here to plug a kids game. <laughs> oh wait, I do. I do have a question for y'all. This is just uh, oh, okay. Some observations, not even questions. Observations. Can I comment on these observations, or am I? Just yes, sir. A, okay. Yes. Why would you not be able to comment? I don't know. Sometimes you don't like my comments. I never like your comments because you're always mean to me. <laughs> well, point taken. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so as a shopper in Walmart, I uh, acquire various items for other people. What monster drinks high pulp orange juice? Not here. And apparently by your silence, neither of you. I like the pulp. Not going to lie. I, I don't mind. I like, I like- oh, it's disgusting. No. Do you not like to chew when you drink? I don't like to chew. No. Well, <laughs> you've never drank a Guinness. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ha- have that pulp. That's good fiber, and see what fiber does that helps clean out your colon. So I like that high pulp orange juice. I call that pulp oh fiction, my. friction, pulp friction. Oh, pulp friction! Nice. nice. I should have nice. known. I should have known you would like high pulp. When I said what monster, and Jerry chimes in. Yeah. Um, no, I like a bit. I like a bit of pulp. I don't, I've never seen a high pulp. Oh, they've got high pulp. They load it down. Me. It's like you're basically eating cereal. Mm. <laughs> speaking mm, of tasty, huh? I said mm, tasty. Sorry, well, so, carry on. <laughs> speaking we're, of, we're, get, we're getting some lag. You you've keep telling me to put the hand up, and I can't find the hand up button. So I'm just that's okay. I'm Your too excited. vision's I'm blurred. I'm too excited to be. I'm, I'm too excited to be on this this podcast. High pulp orange juice, which I keep in my Uma thermos. <laughs> 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 oh, oh dear that was that, a good one it was it was took him took him a minute to yeah. work it out on a pad of paper and a pencil well, I'm drinking. But, but it's still a good one i'll, I'll edit i'll <laughs> edit it in more in a more uh, close proximity to the actual conversation okay, yeah, that's a good idea that's a good idea uh, yeah. uh, speaking of cereal when you pour yeah. your cereal are you milk first or cereal first what well who would put milk in first i agree people do well that is weird it's along the same okay. conversation of when you do the laundry in your dishwasher, dishwasher, <laughs> laundry machine, do you put yeah. your clothes in first or the water first? Well, I, uh, yeah, I don't put water in my, we don't put water, we don't put water in our dishwasher. No, we don't put water in. That, that and a washing machine, when you're washing your clothes in your washing machine, do you put the water in first or your clothes? I think your analogy is flawed, but I will say this. There are certain no, it's times. it's the same for me. There are certain times. Well, you will, and I know this. This is gonna. This is brave of me to say, and I'll come out and say it. You will put your milk in first, if you have a certain type of cereal that gets soggy quickly, and also has high buoyancy, so it'll kind of float. So, so you won't do that with your frosted mini wheats or any type of any type of frosted any type of wheat. You you want that stuff to be soaked if you're going to eat it. But there are certain cereals that you don't want soggy. I'm thinking of you. Uh, what's that? Golden Graham Crunch. Various other ones that you kind of want to float. Oh, you, you like know? that Graham Cracker, do you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like to eat I like to eat a little yeah. bit in the morning. Kind of tamp me down throughout the day, you know. Uh, <laughs> Keep 
keeping keeping it a reason. About forty percent. Forty percent there. Take about uh, now we added bromide. Yeah, take about twenty yeah. percent off. You know what I mean? You know take what I'm saying? Twenty percent off. No, I, I, I'm talking I'm about arousal. It lets you sit down comfortably, doesn't it, Jerry? Let's you have a nice sit down. You're able to sit down properly then, aren't you? Right. I I like most of my cereals soggy. It doesn't surprise me about you. I want to get back to this laundry machine thing. You don't put water in a British laundry machine. No, you don't. It goes in. It goes in automatically. The the machine puts it in for you. I know, but I bike. know people. I know people that will start the machine and let it fill up the tank with water, then put their clothes in like savages. Oh, we we don't. That's top loading. We we don't have top loading laundry machines in the UK. We have front loading laundry machines. Right. In our kitchens, which always disgusts oh, well, uh, Americans. Fancy. That's for fancy people yeah. here in the states. Yeah, we're not like you, where we go down to the river and get two stones and stuff. Flog them on rocks. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like you do in Texas. We've got electricity. <laughs> I didn't eat my graham crackers today. I got to go flog my pants on some rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know where I, I don't know to where to go from there. It's kind of a. I don't know. Just go. Go. Dead end. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Core quest. Bye. <laughs> Fuck it now. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So we got to talk about Core Quest because <clears throat> we can. I don't need to talk. Yes, we can do. Yes, because that's the reason you you've got up. So so you, your your wonderful support uh, and very kind offer of, of allowing me to shill on your podcast is is why you, Jerry is now drinking at ten a.m. It's working out. Um, it's working out to accommodate my time zone. So this core quest yeah. game, for which I I yes. didn't inspire the game, I just inspired you to make it, which is enough. It's true. I, I came on the last time I was on the board game snobs podcast, and, and you asked me, "Do you want to play a? Do you ever want to design a board game?" And I said, "No, Jerry, don't be ridiculous. What a foolish question to ask a man of my standing. Board gaming designing is not for me." And then the next day, I went out and designed a board game that's going to come to Kickstarter um, tomorrow. Tomorrow, first of February. So it won't be tomorrow for people who listen to this. It'd be already on Kickstarter, hopefully. I'll but put yeah. this out as fast yeah. as I can. Oh well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I designed a board game with my daughter, despite saying I would never design a board game. But it wasn't intended to be a proper board game at the time. It was intended just as a way of passing some time and doing a bit of educational stuff while we're in the midst of lockdown. Um, something to do creatively together. And then, um, then the, uh, the the wonderful Gary King, who's a, a an artist of of, of great talent and skill he um he for a joke put up a box cover of core request as i was talking about it on facebook a little bit and then suddenly i i got inspired to um to make this thing a reality so so yeah this this family dungeon crawling board game i've, I've created with my eight-year-old daughter and also created with a, a, a whole raft of playtesters who've made some very incredible suggestions which actually turned it from a, a, a relatively substandard game into a really really positively good game um it's coming to Kickstarter, guys. Coming to Kickstarter. I'm I'm like, if it funds, I'll be like a proper, you'll have to bow when you see me. Oh, it's, he's above <laughs> us. He's one of these board game designers, not one of these media people, not one of these media scum. He's he's actually contributing to the world, but, not not leeching off it. Before we get you on next, before we get you, we are, before, <laughs> before we get you on next time, we'll have to talk to your people first and they'll have to approve you this. will yeah my agent mike, mike delicious toes your agent yeah he he loves it you know he loves you talk about his toes all the time he, he can't get enough of it he says <laughs> well <succulent. laughs> the, the reason we talk about it is to warn people because like i yeah. it's it's it was something that he hid and then once he stopped eating his cornflakes and his graham crackers he just went off the rails <laughs> and i got tired of his p- constant petitions for pedal pitchers uh boy that rhymed um anyways yeah. if there's one thing we know how to do it's run a joke into the ground yeah yeah well there's there's, there's, there's a theory with, with humor isn't it it's, it's like a, you, you do it once it's it's funny then you do it again it's not funny but if you do it 100 to 200 more times it becomes funny again and i think i think that you're the living embodiment <laughs> so uh, I, I hate until funny i do yeah. <laughs> That's what. No, never mind. Uh, that's. Uh, I, I have a legitimate question about uh, your question. Uh, your question. Your game and Kickstarter. So, like, all right, you get. Let's just say, all right, who, 
who is making this game? The physical copies? Are you like make, uh, printing off each one in your basement or? Cora is. Cora and his other children are piecing together this game as we speak. <laughs> They're chained together in the basement and uh, hand drawing each one like like a uh, like some kind of Benedictine monks. Um, no, they're, um, no, China. China's doing it. China, hopefully, <laughs> if it gets funded. I thought Someone she's, in China. I don't know. I thought she stopped wrestling some time ago. <laughs> that's, that's a very American centric joke. I'd, I'd like to point out. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, do you know who China <laughs> is in the wrestling world? Uh, I, uh, I I do I do okay so I'm then it's not so American centric it's only because I'm unfortunately friends with some Americans <laughs> that's the only reason I know why and they're just constantly going on about her no um my my friend Mark Cook who's um a uh, well his profession is a board game project manager for uh, Plastic Soldier Company but he used to um be the, the CEO of um Hush Hush Games who did Fog of Love. So he knows what he's doing in, in the board game world. He's managing all that side of things. So we have got a manufacturer lined up with, with proper quotes and everything. There's even, there's even a spreadsheet, guys. I've seen it. There's even a spreadsheet about costs and shipping and all sorts and stretch goals and all sorts of stuff. It's got numbers in and all sorts of stuff. So is this game only going to be distributed around the UK or will it be able to be shipped to America? No, shipped to America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we're shipping. We've got, we've got shipping partners. That's on the spreadsheet too. Um, so it'll be custom free and all that kind of stuff. So, so anyone can get hold of it. Yeah. It's just like a, it's like a regular board game. It's not, I'm not, I'm, I'm doing it properly. I'm not just creating it in, in my, you know, on my kitchen. T- well, it was originally created on my kitchen table, but it's a proper board game. It's got, it's got professionally printed custom dice. It's got custom dice. I can tell you I haven't looked at the flipping website. That there is a website. <laughs> you know what's big? I, show, I gave you a sneak. Here's what you. Sh- I gave you a sneak preview of that Kickstarter page. Uh, only a select thousand have seen that. I was well, yeah. I was about to get on to the artwork, and is there suggestive artwork yeah. in it, or is it family friendly? <laughs> it's family friendly. All the all the all the well, all the art is done by um, kids in in this game. So 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 it's either done by Cora or it's done by other kids from the our, our Facebook community. Um, have sent us pictures of monsters and drawings and and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so there's some, there's actually snuck in there without us making a big deal of it. There's some, some artwork from, from the kids of, uh, various board game personalities as well. So there you go. Um, Eric Summoner has got some, some, every, Eric Summoner's, uh, son's got some, uh, artwork in there. Roy Kennedy, Kennedy, rather, he's got some artwork in there. His kids have got some artwork in there. So, um, so it's all done by friends and, and people who, who and then Gary has, has colored them in to kind of make it all unified. So it's, it's a really, I'm being all jokey and stuff, but it, I, I really believe, I really, really believe in this, this, uh, so all, all the, all the kids in our Facebook community and, and also Cora did a lot of the artwork as well. And they, they sent it in and then Gary has kind of, uh, colored it in really. Um, and, and made it, made it look really, I mean, the artwork is, is just charming in my opinion. As, as I say, I know I'm very biased about this game and I know, I know I get quite passionate <laughs> about it. Um, so how did, how did you get to the point that you knew you could take advantage of child labor? Well, the, the laws in the UK are very lax on child labor, and, and as long as you're related to them, you can ex- you can exploit kids for as much money as you humanly can. So so that that's that's a benefit. But no no, it has it has been a bit of a, a balancing act between what Cora's been enthusiastic to do, and I didn't want to to make her do more than she wants to. So so. A lot of the playtesting I've done either on my own or sent it out to friends with kids and things like that because I, what I didn't want to do is is make Cora play the same game over and over again until she's sick of her own game. That would be a real shame. Um, um, but it's 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 quite an engaging game anyway. It's quite an exciting game. She she does she does still enjoy the game. I just haven't made her play it three times in a day like I've been playing it to to, to kind of refine it and things like that. Quick so, question. Um, so yeah, yeah, go on. Um, so. It's a it's a, uh, a cooperative design between you and Cora. What did That's Cora right. do? Cora Cora came up with the initial concept. She wanted to design a dungeon crawling game. Um, she she did. She decided on all the heroes. She decided on their powers um, with some support from myself. But you know, we we kind of brainstormed it. But she decided on it all. She basically decided on most of the mechanics in that. <laughs> Um, I, I gave her options that she could, she could take and she, and she chose from a, you know, I gave her like three options on how to do line of sight and she, she went for the one that she felt was best. So she, she's been, as far as an eight year old can be, she's been an integral part all the way through. 
it's not just her name on the box and nothing else. She's definitely she definitely contributed because this was, as I say, this didn't start as an attempt to design a game to bring to Kickstarter. It, it started as an attempt to to do something creative together, and so obviously, obviously, she had she had full involvement in that because that's the entire purpose of it, really. What's your profit margin? Well, about ninety eight percent. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> the, the, the 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 trick with Kickstarter is, you see, you don't actually have to deliver the product. It's all in the small print. So as long as you've got a good enough marketing thing, no, I, I don't know. The profit margin is pretty small, especially if we only just fund. If we only just fund, I'm I'm out about seven hundred quid to be honest. Oh, wow. I've, I've spent all that. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't mind that because, because a, it's been trickling. You know, it's one of those situations where, um, if money trickles out of your account, you don't really notice it going. If, if I had to spend seven hundred pounds, but that's like for the for various things like the website and the um uh, and the uh, uh, prototypes and and all all sorts of stuff like that and, and post it. I mean, it cost me, it's cost me fifty pounds per prototype to to post post them off to reviewers and things like that. So if it only just funds, then I won't get much of that back, but it will. Go out to go out to people, and that that's 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 what I really care about is it is it being in the hands of other people um, and and having a kind of legacy for Cora. Um, and I'll, I'll also if it, if it only just funds, four hundred copies will go out, and six hundred copies will get delivered to my house. So I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but because um, <laughs> the minimum orders are donated thousand. to donated <laughs> to libraries. Very nice. You donate to libraries, and they can they can donate that to the bin, no doubt. Um, but uh, no, no, no. Um, yes, I think we'll we'll donate it to various places, but. Yeah, no, but but it's not about that. To be honest, it's not about the money. Um, it's about it's about having a a project that we started in a really crappy year, and then Cora being able to look back on that year as not as the the year of absolute drudgery, but as a year that we did this, and 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 she'll always have something to show for it, and that's what that's what I'm really excited about. Um, I can't even remember what I've said. Have I, have I said what actually the game is? A cooperative dungeon crawling game aimed at families. Did I say that? Right. So the characters, it's like kids crawling through a dungeons being killed in horrific ways. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, no, we don't get killed in Cora Quest. You get defeated in Cora Quest. And you don't mm-hmm. kill anybody else. You just defeat them. But kids kids like violence anyway. Let's face it. Respawn. Star Wars. Star Wars is a U-rated film. And yet someone gets his arm chopped off and you see it bloody on the floor. I don't know if you... Um, yeah, it's... What's a U-rated film? Universal, so you don't even need your parent. So there's P, it's the one under PG. You've got PG over there, haven't you? We have G. What does G stand it's for? It's general. The general, general population. Right. Yeah, so U is the one... It's usually the one that a Disney film is released under or or something like that. U is like the, the, the lowest classification you can get that you don't... The par- they're saying a parent doesn't need to look over this to, 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 to see whether it's appropriate for their little... Their little, uh, you know, delicate lotus petals. And Star Wars had near incest. <laughs> well, you didn't know that at the time, did you? To be fair, that's that's Gabby's that's Gabby's defense. What most incestuous up? Most of Disney stuff here is PG. Like our our standards are a little higher than the Europeans, y'all. Things, okay, so, whatever so, goes over there is not necessarily you, what you flies over here. You just did, said you didn't have PG. We have PG. PG, and you said what's that? We have PG, we have PG-13, and we have G, which is for general audiences. We don't have something that's universally accepted. Like, even general audiences <laughs> is like, still yet, there might be something in there. You Brits are always putting a oh, U in places that it doesn't belong. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Well, I, I was just going to claim that you, you Americans are always claiming things count for larger bodies. Like the World Series, where the only America plays, uh, Mr. Universe. What's all that about? How do you know? Hey, Arnold is from Austria. Hmm? With all the kangaroos and stuff. <laughs> yeah, good eye, Mike. Another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Austria, uh, that's yeah, a no, dumb and right. dumber. It's Austria, huh? Put another shrimp <laughs> on the barbie. <laughs> I always think of you guys as, as being very uh, very similar to Dumb and Dumber, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the kind of bracket I've got you in. The, the, the Dumb and Dumber of the, the podcasting world. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> it's a good film, that, wasn't it? Real classic. Real classic. A Dumb and Dumber is one of those films, like, a lot of 90s films don't hold up. The Mask, not funny to me anymore. Even Ace Ventura, not that funny, you know. I think Dumb and Dumber isn't zany. That's the that's the issue. The Mask and Ace Ventura were zany. And zany's always a bit wearisome, to be honest. Yeah. If anyone ever describes themselves as zany, you know you need to try and get away from them as quickly as possible. You gotta watch out for me, I'm a bit zany. You're the most boring person in the world. Just a couple of wild and crazy guys. 
If you declare anything, if you, and that, um, this is an ongoing thing with me and Jerry, we always say we like to have fun here because I've worked in places, I've been in places where people are like, well, you know, we like to have fun here. Run. It's the exact opposite. They don't like to have fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're like a big family here. Uh, no, you're not, are you? you you're going to exploit me. You're going to no, exploit every, the workers. Everyone hates you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be my family anyway, so that's fine. Right, back to Core Quest, because I had more questions regarding the design oh, still process. still on Core Quest? Yes. Because I want to know the struggles that you went through as a designer. Like, how did you, from the beginning, and getting this set up on Kickstarter, I think that's really the, the thing that holds back a lot of people who have these ideas for board games, is that all the hoops you have to jump through for getting quotes and so forth and so on. So walk us down that. Well, well, in that regard, the issue is, um, Jerry, is I'm, I'm, in, I'm in an incredibly privileged position, and I recognize that. And to some extent, that, that privileged position is one of my own making, in that I've been in this space, as people like to call it, um, for a long time now. I've been making board game media content. I've been making friends all over the world. If you if you were if you were a horrendous human being, you'd call it networking. I wouldn't call it networking at all because it, it's it's never been with the aim of getting things out of people. But I've made a lot of friends. I've made a lot of friends over the years, um, and and it left me in a in a unique position to you know ruthlessly exploit those friends for everything I possibly could. Um, and and so and so basically, I, it's not been that hard because I've known people who've known stuff. Like I know Gary, who's great at art i've known mark who's who's very good at logistics and all, all the business side of things and so i could tap into those skills so if it wasn't for gary and mark this would never get off the ground because i'm, I'm i'd just be incompetent um basically and it, 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 i i i've been very happy doing the design and, and almost and the marketing to some extent because that there, there are areas where i feel confident in but i wouldn't be able to if i'd had to um i don't know if i had to commission an artist and and, and work out quotes and all that kind of stuff i'd be dead in the water and it would never have happened so so i haven't really got an answer how other people can do it because i've just been very lucky in that i've i've known people who can help me and and people have been incredibly generous with their time we, we've got a lady called ruth um and who, who has done a lot of the, the proofreading and also mike mike the pillar pool he's done a lot of the proofreading as well you know there's gary there's a guy called cameron who made the tabletop simulator mod and a, and a friend called bob who's made actually an app for us where you can you can design you, you upload your own picture and it you can design your own character for core request and then and then print it off and then you've got a character card and then a, a standee for it uh, and it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic but you could never have uh you could never have done that um without these people so just like it takes a, a village to raise a child it's, it's taken a village to make this board game uh, and I don't, I don't i think that's I, I, that's one of the things i really like about it the, the kind of community feel behind it all i don't think you guys can hear me to be honest can you hear me yeah i'm listening intently <laughs> all right okay uh, <laughs> you might have to edit that we're bit here. Out, Gabby. i'm here I'm yeah. I'm, I'm yeah you're just talking a lot and i'm listening hey there listeners gabby here editor-in-chief of the podcast uh, although Jerry's been doing some editing here lately himself, so very nice. Just wanted to, uh, Dan asked this question, uh, partly because we were losing him throughout this podcast. The internet connection was very, very bad, so we lost uh, large swaths of what he said on our ends. But, you know, Dan, he just kept on talking, and so at one point he asked, are we still there, are we listening? And uh, fortunately, we heard that part and were able to chime in. Uh, but fortunately, we were all recording on our own side and able to piece this together. So uh, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, and hopefully you don't notice the issue until I have just now put a statement out there. So you're welcome, Dan, for being on our talk without interruption. And now that I've interrupted, you may proceed. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I do I do tend to talk a lot, so that's okay. <laughs> the, the, they're the bits in the podcast that I'll, listen, I'll like the most, the bits where I talk. <laughs> so but 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 design challenges now what 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 I did find was that um with with the playtesting thing because I'm a, a very petty man when when people used to send me negative feedback it used to have to take about 2 or 3 hours for me to come down off my huff and you know <laughs> uh, and, and, <laughs> and accept that they may have a point uh, and then change the game so that that was interesting i, I hadn't quite realized how vital to the i mean i knew theoretically but how practically vital to the entire development of the game the playtesters are um, because 
because the game is infinitely better than it was when the, before the the playtesting um, the playtesting process started. Well, can um, can you give us an example of like something you liked in the game, but then somebody said, "Meh." Yeah, yeah lose all the nudity. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? One of the things, not particularly liked in the game, but one of the things was that somebody came back to me and said, my daughter's getting quite upset whenever she misses. You say, it's a dungeon crawling game, so you're fighting bad guys and all that kind of stuff. You want to do a dungeon fighting orcs and things. And my daughter's getting quite upset whenever she misses. And my instant reaction was, as any right-thinking person would be, was, well, your daughter needs to get a grip, for goodness <laughs> sake. You know, it's a, dun- it's a dungeon crawler. Um, get a life. Um, you know, you have to, sometimes life gives you l- lemons. But then after I'd kind of come down off my kind of indignation, um, of this person, of this person's daughter's righteous indignation, big, righteous indignation, how, how dare they criticize my game? <laughs> this game is flawless. <laughs> In all fairness, his daughter was 23, so. <laughs> I sent you this game for some positive, for some some critical feedback, and you've given me negative stuff. You're only meant to say how wonderful it is. How dare you? Um, so yeah, so after 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 I've mulled that over in my head for a bit, we ended up. I ended up um, doing a system where uh, basically you roll a number of dice in order to hit something, and then if you miss, then you flip over your card and you become determined so you you decide oh i'm gonna miss that time i really must hit this time and you roll more dice the next time so it gives a kind of little consolation prize i suppose if um if if, if you miss and and so that eases that that disappointment in a child because this is a game aimed aimed well it's a game aimed for parents to play with kids or, or adults to play with kids rather than parents um uh, it's a family game, you know, uh, but but it's no funny the kid if, if the child is upset because they can't hit something. So that little bit of a kind of oh well you missed, but you you know you've got a lot better chance next time, and you might do three damage next time rather than two. Um, just helps that along, and that's that's a element of the game which we've got loads of positive feedback on, and Cora absolutely adores. But I don't think we'd have come up with that on our own without that bit of bit of feedback. So so it's just it's just interesting how how every bit of every kind of round of playtesting led to a eureka moment for us from for, for me and, and and for cora you know when we because because what i do is I, I bring the feedback back to her um and then say so how these are the thing ways I've, I've thought we could solve this how do you think which one do you prefer and she'll she'll go for them we'll talk it through and then and then um and then move on from there it, why did you choose to self-publish rather than go with another company have a company publish i mean Nobody would I, take I, it. Him. Yeah, well, well, no, actually, we, we did get some interest from from some publishers. I think mainly mm-hmm. because I'm quite a big deal on the internet. And, you know, <laughs> quite a big to... deal. Perhaps you've heard <laughs> of me. I'm a bit, a bit of an internet titan. Um, I, I was actually talking to a publisher about um, they were sending me a game to review for Dan and Cora, and then there was, and I said, "Well, would you mind having a look at this and see what you think of it?" And and there, there was noises made, um, not nowhere near a deal or anything like that, but noises. But but Gary and I decided that we wanted to take it to Kickstarter because we wanted to do it our way. Um, I was very keen that Gary stayed involved all the way through the project, so I didn't want the, you know a, a house artist to come in and take the art off him. But also that we wanted it to be a community project. You know, one of the one of the, the key things of this is is that all the art and it's done by kids, Cora, but also kids from all over the world from from the kind of community that's built up around around the game, and um, we wanted it to be something that we could make very customizable and and have a, an area on our website where where you can make your own monsters and you can make your own enemies, you can make your own stories. Everything is really customizable. There's lots in the box just to go on with if you don't want to do that. But if you want to make Cora Quest completely your own, you know, as, as a family, you know, this is my family's version of Cora Quest with, with our own heroes and adventures and characters and all sorts of stuff, um, you can do that. And we were just a bit worried that it would take fighting of a fight, really, to... Um, to do that with a publisher, and we just thought, well, let's. And we both fancy doing a Kickstarter. You see all these Kickstarters going, and you think, well, it can't be that hard, can it? Can't be that hard, guys. Seabon do it, and they're a bunch of idiots. They've got minis, though, and it's it's interesting that you decided not to have minis. Are you going to bring that out later? Are you going to have the? No, no, no. Because because the the key thing with this game is that kids can make their own stuff and play with their own stuff in the game. 
And one thing a kid can't do is make a mini, but they can make standees. In fact, it's very easy to make a standee. And we've got this app which allows you to make your own standee as well. So, you know, you, you, you design, you, you upload your picture, you, you choose what abilities and or make your own abilities up on this app. And then you, you print it out and it prints out a character card for you that looks all official. And it also prints out some standees for you to use. So you can, so, you can make your own standee. So, so you can have. You can have nudity in this game. You can do if you want. Yeah, I, I, I um, I'm very tempted to make an A team version of Cora Quest where the A team go battling monsters in the dungeon. I, for, I don't want to do, see. Do, I don't want to see a nude Mr. T. But you want to see a nude Murdoch? Admit it. But where are the metal coins? <laughs> where are the metal coins? Well, Gabby, what you do is reach into your trouser pocket. Um, <laughs> trousers? Yeah. What am I? What is a grommet? I don't have trousers. Pants then. You know, you know, pants mean underpants in the UK. I don't want you to tell you to reach into your. I pants. didn't know that. Pants mean underpants. Those are your. Yeah, that's yeah, your yeah, underwear. Yeah. yeah, and we we do have the word underwear as well. But if you said if you said can I I'm going to buy some pants, people would think you were going to buy some underwear. So when Bob Barker says when Bob Barker says reach into my pants and get a hundred dollars, nobody knows. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> Which is what? Which is why the game this in this game is broken. We had a game called In My Pants, um, where you you, you say that I don't know if you've heard this. You say, you say the name of a board game and then you say In My Pants afterwards, and it makes it hilarious, like Feast for Odin, In My Pants, etc. Which is why it's even funnier in in the UK because it's even ruder in the UK. <laughs> Age of Discovery In My Pants. <laughs> there is no board game that. D- that it doesn't make hilarious splendor in my pants. You know, there's, there's no. It's a it's a fantastic dwellings game. of Everdale in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Kickstarters, they have Big Apple on Kickstarter in my pants. Big Apple. <laughs> what is Big Apple? Never heard of it. I'm yeah. so I'm so out of touch. Uh, are you familiar yeah. with a Ricky Valance? Ricky Valance and the Four Seasons. I don't know. He sang the song "Tell Laura I Love Her." Tell Laura I love her. Yes. Tell Laura I need her. Tell Laura not to cry. My love for her will never die. Yes. Okay. So I have heard. I heard that song when I was a but a boy, and Mm. I was like, "What is?" Along the same time as the Everly Brothers' "Ebony Eyes." You ever heard that song? No, I don't think I've heard that one. Basically, a guy's like waiting for his future wife to come, but she dies in a plane crash. (laughs) <laughs> cheery cheery song cheery song so uh then uh ray peterson here in the states sings tell laura i love her about a young man who wants to marry laura but he needs some money so he, he gets involved in a stock car race and then dies in a fiery crash as described in the song yes. so as they pull him from the gruesome fire uh, he's uh, you know near death he's like tell laura i love her as you very yeah. well you sing it very well dan thank you thank you I'll, I'll give you there's another song like that as well i'll give you a rendition of that later and uh, yeah it's like laura and tommy he drove his car to the racing Have grounds you- is, this a, is, there a, is there a point to this, by the he way? was the youngest driver. I was just wondering if you were familiar with Ricky Valance, because apparently it was banned in the UK, and then Ricky Valance sang the UK version of it, even though Ray Peterson sang it here in the States. And I was just curious. Oh, interesting. No, I, did, I didn't know Ricky Valance. No, yeah, I've heard, definitely heard of Ricky Valance, but I didn't know it was banned in the UK. There's lots of things. That, the Exorcist was banned in the UK for a long time as well. Various things. And did... This is a tired old one, but you may not know it. Did you know that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles weren't called that in the UK? I heard this somewhere. I can't remember what they were called, though. Yes. Uh, the, it was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, because they were afraid that all the youth of uh, the UK would suddenly um, <laughs> Turn- start throwing... <laughs> Throwing, into throwing stars around and yeah, okay, num, num, there was a big problem with nunchucks <laughs> in my youth. <laughs> An influx of ninjas have entered yeah, the there UK. Was, there was, there, I, I do definitely remember there was a big problem with nunchucks oh. in the UK for a while. Oh man, I, re- I remember when my brother was in school in the 80s, throwing stars were a big thing, throwing stars. He had like three of them, and he would toss them. I'm like, why do you have that? Oh, no, everybody in school has them. So I don't know. They were inspired to be ninjas, maybe, by the Ninja Turtles. You see, it's it's corrupting the children. (laughs) We were right to call them hero turtles. (laughs) Think of the children. And and also (laughs) butterfly knives. My brother always had a butterfly knife. Oh, yeah. Well, they're banned in the UK as well, butterfly knives. Oh, those were so cool. 
they are pretty cool. Although I always thought you'd probably add end up taking off a finger or something like that. They looked a bit. It looks a bit. Looks a bit quick for me. Butterfly knives. I I, I got pretty handy at it myself at a young age. Oh, I, knew I was looking to join the Jets. One of those greases. Oh, uh, did you see that Seth MacFarlane is wanting to remake Naked Gun, starring Liam Neeson? He's dead. What do you think? Liam Neeson's dead. <laughs> How could you make it? He's dead. You're think you're you're thinking of Gandhi. Not Leslie Nielsen, Liam Neeson. Oh, oh, taken. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> what happened to Liam? Sorry, sorry. I, Liam! I don't like this idea. I'm taken back by it, you could say. It won't work, will it? It won't work. He'd be better off making his own spoof thing. Well, I, I like Liam Neeson in it because Leslie Nielsen was a serious actor when he started making yeah. uh, airplane, but it needs, it need, yeah, it needs somebody who's, who's going to be completely straight all the way through, isn't I, it? He, Liam Neeson need, could uh, do it, but Seth MacFarlane is not the director for this. Uh, I don't know. Don't know. He's done comedies. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Flashbacks. It's not the Wayne Brothers, is it? Are you wanting the Wayne Brothers to do it? Because they're awful. No. Uh, Taika Waititi. Don't know that person. What did they direct? Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika. He did uh, uh, the Jojo Rabbits, but Taika is not who you want on that. I think you do uh, want Thor. I think you do want uh, McFarlane on it. Uh, I guess. Oh, he he's, could, uh, he's, oh he's, he's, the, he's the rock guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's. He, I like him. Yeah, no, I, th- I, 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 I think Seth. I don't think anyone needs to do it. To be honest, I don't. I don't think it will work. I don't think it work. I, I, I think, love that style of humor. I think it will work. It just needs the right mm. director. But do you really love that style? I mean, no, you do love that style of humor. Sorry, I wasn't saying you do really. But <laughs> How do you na- question naked what gun I feel? Aer- <laughs> do you really get me though? Oh, no, Naked Gun and Aeroplane were, were of their time worked, but then you got like Scary Movie and Scary Movie Three, and, and they weren't that funny, were they? Do you know what I mean? No. It wears off. It wears off that kind of stuff, and that was. Ah, uh, yeah. It's very of the time. Although Airplane, to me, Airplane is the only one that with withholds the test of time because all the other ones make too many references, like pop culture yeah. references. That yeah. don't hold up. Yeah, I I, I tried watching um, Naked Gun with my fourteen year old son about a couple of months ago, and he got bored and wandered off halfway through. Which, <laughs> which I and and to be honest, I don't blame him because it because it did feel a bit dated. Whereas whereas when I was a fourteen year old, Naked Gun was the absolute pinnacle of humour. There was no finer. You know what I mean? I was in, in, on the floor rolling around. So I'll tell you, I'll know. tell you a good one. Hot shots. There was nothing better than oh. Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two. Charlie Sheen. Part Two. Part Two. Yes. Charlie <laughs> Sheen. That was amazing. Charlie Sheen getting high on cocaine and making a comedy, making a spoof. That was crazy. Having Mr. Bean say, I can't go anywhere. And he's like, why not? They've tied my shoelaces together. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta get out of here. I can't go. I, I, I think the equivalent these days would be something like Team America, um, and that was that was amazing. That was very funny, but it was a similar kind of silly humor, but slightly more, slightly more. I don't know if it would be knowing or intelligent. I don't think you could really call it intelligent, but um, but yeah. What's the funniest movie you've seen lately? I can I, I I I know comedy is subjective, blah blah blah. But I just I'm trying to think of the funniest thing I've seen recently, and I don't even know. <laughs> Oh, Thor. Thor Ragnarok. That Taika Waititi. I really liked Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. That that they don't really make prop proper just comedies anymore, do they? It's usually Not humor hardly. within humor within the rest of a uh, within a, a wider context. It's like a, a an action comedy rather than, you know, like uh uh <sighs> the guy that makes the, you know, 40-year-old virgin movies. Like it's that Right, yeah. But that that that's like 25 years old okay. <laughs> yeah but he's always making movies still uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know the, the the only film there's only been two films that have been in tears in the cinema and uncontrollable laughter uh, and they're both by the same people and it it, it, it was um south park bigger longer and cut and um <laughs> and, and team america and and I, I don't know why they were so funny to me but i i just could I could not control myself in parts of those when it would when <laughs> just giggling right. <laughs> when, and, and, and there's nothing, giggling and, and there's, there's nothing you can. I'm giggling like a schoolgirl. There's nothing you can you could you could repeat on the podcast the bits that I found hilarious. But but it was just the I don't know. It's that thing about almost shock being funny, isn't it? Really, but but 
But yeah, I really enjoyed those two. Hey, he's coming to the Dice Tower, isn't he? What's his face? Trey, what's his face? Yes. Trey Parker. Yes. Mm. Isn't that weird? That's one of your stretch yeah. goals. Oh, I meant to ask you about that. A yeah. hundred games, Dan? A hundred, really? A hundred kids' games, no less, Gabby. Oh my gosh. Are you going to be able to do it? Well, I'm just going to say core quest for each one. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my plan. And then number Never one. Never want to miss a marketing opportunity. Railways of the world. No, I'm not going to do my games. I'm going to do kids' games. Oh, it's all kids' games, really? Yeah. Well, that's my, that's what I'm going to choose to do. Yeah, because Dan and Cora's top 100, so I'm going to do games that me and Cora play together. And that I've got 150 kids' games, um, so I'll just 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 knock 50 of them out. I mean, granted, the 100 to 90 list is going to be pretty, you know barrel scraping, but I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you if you talk to uh, talk to anyone who does one of those top, I was talking to Gary Pope who did one once, and he was saying it was an absolute nightmare. I was thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Have, have you heard of, of Tic Tac Toe? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, number ninety eight. Guess who? Actually, guess who probably will be on there because Cora loves it. But yeah. I tried to watch the Dice Tower just did their top one hundred, and I feel like most people just unless you're just yeah. a diehard fan, you must skip over that until the top twenty or. You know, top 30, yeah, top yeah, area. Yeah, especially as they put them out so quickly after each other as well. It's not like one a week, is it? It's like they did three. <laughs> I think uh, I think Mike Mike will have been soaking his feet in... Um, Epsom salt. In, 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 yeah, Epsom salt, that's it. Yeah, after that, because I think I think it was a real real marathon for all of them, really, because I think they, they did the entire 100 in, in over the course of a week, and really that's, that's 400 games they've all had to oh my God. have an opinion on. I think I have struggled to have an opinion on two games in my at 400 where you have to, you know, discuss their merits and stuff. Have you mm. been able to play anything or are you, have you been m- focused mostly on getting this whole thing, Core Quest, Kickstarter done? I, 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 it's more the lockdowns, to be honest, that stopped me playing anything. I've been playing a lot of kids' games. I've been playing a lot of games with Cora. Occasionally play a game of Wingspan with my son because he likes that. But my um, my wife's not really into games, so we don't, we don't play games together. Um, and I got... As, as we were talking about before the before the uh, the episode started, I, I I got so fed up with Tabletop Simulator um, that I I, I just I, I I don't get any enjoyment out of it. I, I always think I am, and I enjoy spending the first half an hour with my friends, right? You know, getting quite excited about being talking to them and joking around and stuff like that. And then it goes, it kind of degenerates slowly over to kind of whose turn is it, and then just silence. <laughs> it's just. It's, <laughs> That's unless true. you're playing a ha- unless you're playing a half an hour game, which a simple half an hour game where you can laugh and joke and you know all that kind of stuff, it's just excruciating by the end of it. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. We played uh, Dwellings of Eldervale. I played with the Superboard Sunday guys, Brian and Christian and Jim, and I was I was looking forward to it because like this is a that's a hot game, Dwellings of Eldervale, and it was a five hour affair from the time I logged on a tabletop simulator time time it was done, and I just I'm sure in real life it may be okay. It reminded me a lot of Rise of Tribes, which I hated. I kickstarted and hated, but uh, I don't know. I just me and Jerry have been board game arena yokohama board game arena we've played that like five or six times so far jerry's on all the time give me a board game arena any day point and click that's all i want to do yeah yeah i i i I, um I, i think it's great i think it's very clever i just don't think it replaces it for me unfortunately um i don't i don't, I don't know i don't know i it, it it's very difficult for your for everything to survive this because it was all it was all uh, I'm, I'm not making any sense here use your words tim i'm trying to use my words i'm trying to use my words um it the beginning of the lockdown the first time we were locked down it was all novel and you know oh we'll meet up weekly and we'll keep in contact and all this and then it's just gone on and on and on and it's getting to the point where i don't think i'm in favor of this covid thing you know guys um <laughs> I, I i i don't like it i've decided i'm not not a fan um and, and the uk's been this is our third lockdown now we're in a full lockdown again um and it's just like oh i, I it's the 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 energy you have to try and maintain these these things it's just ebbed away slowly and you just i mean I, thank goodness i've had the core quest to do because because i'm sure i would have sunk into a depression if i'm honest and also thank goodness i've got a job where i leave the house and i go and visit people and i interact with people because my wife's been working from home so she's just been in the same four walls all the time it's just it's just oh i've, I've had enough now Bad enough. I don't like it. 
I've made my mind up. Okay. Hello, <laughs> Jerry. What? Oh, Jerry, you there? Yeah. No, I thought you were picking that up because you. Fall you, asleep? you oh, my God. No, we were talking about Core Quest, and all of a sudden you start talking about singing and dancing, and it just kind of went off the rails there, which is fine. It's all right. We don't have to. Yeah. But you're hating on you're hating on tabletop simulator, which I must concur. I have not. Uh, I enjoyed the novelty of it when it first started off, but now I've really switched to board game arena. I need something that's a little more on the rails, point and click, and not this 3D representation. I don't need that, and it's kind of, uh, it really has kind of, I, I do love board game arena uh, much more than the 3D representation of, of tabletop simulator. It's just, I, it's annoying to me. It's so tedious. It's just so, I don't have to, I have to click with my left on the mouse then push W to scan up on the board where I want to go. Oh, they're not there, so I need to go A, and then S, then D, then drop it. Oh, it fell off to the side. I got to pick it up again. Oh, my God. Right. I picked up the entire deck by mistake. I'll, t- I'll tell you where it is very useful, though, and I have used it a lot, is playtesting Coraquest, because I've been doing that with people, and that's been incredibly useful. <laughs> well, right, Just to back. bring it back. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that wasn't intentional, but 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 but, but a, lot of, a lot of designers I've, I've seen have said, that's an incredibly useful tool to, to play test, and they, th- they think they will go forward even doing that because it means you can do it with people from all over the world who aren't sick of the sight of you. So that's a, that's a positive thing. Right. Uh, well, unfortunately, my wife has begun kind of playing board games since the lockdown. We've played several games that we've kind of both of us have really enjoyed, and here particularly, uh, I don't know if y'all the the Spiral Desires nominee. Uh, of my city by Reiner Knizia. We have been. All right, yeah. Yes, I happened to pick that up here recently, and we're about halfway through it. It's a legacy game, but I mean, there's also there's you can play the legacy game, but then there's also just a generic game in the box, where it's a tetra nomino game where you're kind of piecing together your city, and it's exactly the type of thing I do not like. Um, but it has really caught on with us, and we've been really enjoying it. Mm. And uh, he, he knows what he's doing. Does that Reiner Knizia though? To be fair, yeah, he he knows, and I mean, it's it's just well, my wife has expressed time and time again that you know it starts off very slow, and then it just ramps up. Like each chapter, there's a new rule, or there's a variation on a rule, or there's a different mm-hmm. little twist each time that makes the game a little bit different. And it's really easy to score; it's really quick to play. And I mean, just last night, I think we sat down and went through two chapters of it, which is like six games. Like six separate times of building your city out with these little pieces on the board, then wiping them clean and starting over. And if you're the type that really likes those those types of games, that uh, what's that Indian Summer? That's Tetranomino. Uh, what is the other game, Gabby, yeah. that we really liked? Cottage Garden. Yeah, Cottage Garden. Cottage Patchwork. 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 Things of that nature. This game is pretty awesome. So playing a good game with your wife. I hope he had some graham crackers nearby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Does it does it feel like because um, sometimes with legacy games I just feel like all I'm doing is opening a new expansion every every three games. I get, I get a bit frustrated by the amount of rules you have to know by the end of it. And if you leave it for too long, then you you left kind of. Ba- That's what happened to me with Pandemic Legacy. I, I couldn't face finishing it off because I knew I'd have to read seven thousand new. <laughs> well, I hate I hate uh, legacy games. Um, just. Number one, just generally, that that's how it feels like to me. You're just having to add a little something onto it each time. But in, in my city, what I have found, the first couple of games is just teaching you the scoring and you know the various layout of how to play the game. But the rules that it adds so far into it have been one-off rules for that chapter. So a chapter is generally like three games. And so it's like, uh-huh. on this chapter, this rule applies. You You can't you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it it takes one little rule and either takes something away or adds it to it. You can't build on this portion of the board or you have to do this. You changes your objective. And it's neat because you, you play it for that chapter. And there was one particular chapter that we just went through that we did not like at all. I mean, it was particularly rough uh, in terms of scoring and just trying to, you know, figure out what you needed to do. And then, you know, we played, you know, three games of it and then we're done. We're on the next chapter. And it's like, okay, so we no longer are constricted by that one rule we didn't like. It's now on to something else. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so it, it really keeps, it's very light for what it is. It, it does not pile on the rules. I mean, it, it, it spoon feeds them to you. And the few that are legacy type rules that change the game entirely or at least it seems like it changes it throughout the rest of the game those are very easy to remember they're very easy and and, and intuitive so so far i've been really liking it and it's certainly not the type of game that i i I like playing okay and and it obviously plays well with two i might actually look into that because 
because I, I wouldn't mind a, a, a new game to. I've not. I've been very excited about games for a while, other than Core Quest, which is co- come to Kickstarter tomorrow, so you'll all be out. Um, but um, <laughs> other than Core Quest, I haven't really been February the first. Yeah, so and this is going out after February the first, so I don't know why I say it. it's already on Kickstarter. Quick, go get it, buy it quick before it sells out. Um, it's not going to sell out. Um, Deluxe edition, yeah. metal coins. Minis. <laughs> I hate metal coins in games. Just grab a coin. Matthew Jude says it, and he's completely right. Just grab a handful of coins from your pocket. There you go, metal coins. You're not exactly excited by that, are you? So why are you excited about these? <laughs> I hate ones? metal. I I love using metal no, coins in games. Yeah. I hate the fact that Gabby goes out and every game he buys, he tries to buy metal coins for it instead of just ha- uh, hey, hey, we played Yokohama, and you're like, ooh, these metal coins are nice. Yes. Because yeah. they're the generic metal coins that I said, just buy you a bag full of generic metal coins and leave them out and just use those. Don't buy a set of metal coins for every game you own. That's what I don't understand. I, I like will. metal coins. I will, and I don't care. Well, that's fine. I like <laughs> metal coins, but I do not understand why you have to have a separate set for each game that you own. Dan. Yes. Question for you. This is from emailer Lindsay. Not specifically oh. for you. But oh, I was going to say. Just an email. <laughs> don't don't flatter yourself. Um, how important is winning a game to your board game experience? Now, the uh, the egotist in me would say would say, oh, not not important at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in there for the game and the company, and but the reality in 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 reality, these. I tell you what, I'll enjoy a game a lot more if I win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, if someone after after I come away from a game where I've come dead last, if someone says, "Is that a good game?" I'll say, "Well, it's all right. It's not not, not good." It's got... <laughs> well, I know, you know, it... <laughs> if I, if I win a game, then I'm 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 certainly a lot more um, <laughs> a lot more in favour of it than if I lose a game. But I think that's reasonable. I think if games that you get and that grok with you, as they say, or click with you, I think it's perfectly fine that you enjoy games that you seem to kind of get on an intrinsic level. Um, for a long time, yeah, games like um, Lorenzo Magnifico, I just seem to get that, and I love it. Whereas games like Lisboa, uh, Lisboa, I couldn't get it at all, so I, I didn't really enjoy it. And I think that's a completely reasonable way, you know, way to be i'm the same way although i, I although <laughs> maybe i've gotten so lo- used to losing i told i replied <laughs> in the email i was like it's it's the uh, cherry on top you know for me yeah but if it's a game i enjoy i do just enjoy playing the game winning oh, is, yeah. a, is a plus but i've gotten to the point where I, even when i'm teaching a game to people that don't know the game they're not gamers i always lose and i have just i've just become accustomed to being a loser so at this point i'm like i just winning sure that's great but i have to choose a game i actually enjoy otherwise winning is just uh, it's just yeah yeah, I, I wouldn't say I don't like I, I, you know i don't like any games i uh, <laughs> i lose cuz yeah I, I i lose more than i win but i, I you know, but you can still get a game and not win it, can't you? That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where the term "grok" comes from? I think it's programming. I think, I think, I think it's from programming. I think, no, I think that's they're, they're people who grok. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I can look I it up. I think you're incorrect. You I think it's from uh, Robert A. Heinlein in a book, "Stranger in a Strange Land." Oh, okay. I apologize. Right. <laughs> As you well should. Uh, the man was a Martian and, uh, he like came back to earth and he had these special powers, but like he grokked the way mankind was operating and stuff. And they used that term in a Robert A. Heinlein book, grok. And I was like, that's where this term come from. And then I looked it up and apparently that's where it comes from. You are right. You are right. Um, it's from the 1961 novel called Stranger in a Strange Land. Um, I read that book. It started off super cool. Yes, I was like, I got to read this book because it's sci-fi. Robert A. Heinlein is like this sci-fi guy. And then it like yeah. got into this deep philosophy about silence and uh, religion and uh, sex. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I'm out. <laughs> it went past the, the X-Men stage of the book into high philosophy. And I was like, oh, it's gone beyond my brain. Yeah. But it was, Pass. Pass. it was fine. One of my favorite books growing up was uh, Battlefield Earth by L. Ron Hubbard. So I'm, I'm quite lucky I'm not a Scientologist <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, your the- so, your theon uh, or metal so, chlorine level wasn't high enough. 
Exactly, exactly. I went to university in a place where there was... Anyway, better not talk about Scientologists because you'll get sued. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> they're, they're a bit aggressive with all that kind of stuff, aren't they? We've got Leah Remini on our side. Oh. I don't know who that is. Who's who's Leah Remini? Is she one of the Star Wars people? She's from, uh... No, King of Queens. King of Queens, that's right. I knew it was one of those shows. Uh, yeah, and she was used to be a Scientologist. And also Saved by the Bell when uh, Zach Morris went to the beach for his week uh, vacation that summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah, that was Classic Leah Saved by the Bell episode. <laughs> I'm thinking we should leave it here because I don't know where else to take this because you've really... You... No, we're going to start talking about Paul from the Wonder Years in a minute. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. I don't want to take this deep dive down <laughs> into the... No one wants Nobody that. Nobody wants that. No one I wants think, that. I think we're good. I think we're good. We've shielded yeah. Core Quest. I feel as if people Thank know you. about graham crackers and mummy coloring and things of that nature. Yeah. I think that yep. uh, people who know Dan, everybody knows Dan. He's he's the sporadically bored guy. He's the guy Dan and Cora on the Dice Tower. So if you want to send him hate mail, just send it to Tom at the Dice Tower dot com, and that's it. And there you go. That's it. With with nudes, with nudes for the for for the Core Quest <laughs> no. expansion. <laughs> the- Could people please not send Tom Vassell nudes um, and say, could he pass them on to Dan Hughes, please? Because that would be, he would not appreciate that at all, I don't think. Okay, so don't do that. Don't do that. Send them directly (laughs) to to Mike Delicious Toes at Hotmail, that's H-O-T-M-A-L-E dot com. And yeah, that's that's, that's, uh, Dan's agent. Well. I told you guys. I told you guys about the the time I was t- showing my dad what the internet was, didn't I? And because I'm an atrocious speller, and so I said, and, and this is the email. Um, this is the email program, and I typed in Hotmail, but it wasn't um, M I I L. I misspelled that one and came up with a website that my dad was uh, not expecting to see. I didn't know your head so, mail in Britain. I thought yeah. you had posts. I thought it would be hot post. <laughs> hot post. <laughs> Anyways, Gabby, sign us off. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Board Game Snobs. Thank you, Dan, for being on. Dan, any last last words? Uh, Well, if if anyone does want to have a look at um, Core Quest, then you can find it over on Kickstarter. And if you want to have a look at the the website's corequest.com but kickstarter's got all the the information you need. Video video, video by Mike Delicious Toes himself is on that page. Yes, check out his OnlyFans page. And as for uh, me and Jerry, <laughs> we're the Board Game Snobs. Email us at boardgamesnobs.com. No, wait. Boardgamesnobs at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow Dan at Sporadically Bored on Facebook and all his Dice yep. Tower stuff. And that's going to do it for this episode. Dan, thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.